essentially what I want to do is I want to answer the question, what should I be eating? And the idea of all of the information through this is it's scientifically backed. It is officially the best thing to be eating if you want to lose fat. It doesn't take into account any kind of life restrictions. It doesn't take into account any kind of you know real world environments. This is just simply put, if I want to lose fat as quickly as possible, what should I be eating? So what you need to know is basically the goal of what we're trying to do with our nutrition. We're going to run through some sort of simple rules that I want you to, to sort of guide you in terms of making choices. And then very simply, what I'm going to run through is I'm going to run through the blueprint of the basics of what should be making up most of your diet. Okay. So first things first is we're going to start with is, is the problem. And the, the main problem is, is that everyone's very conflicted about nutrition. Uh, there's lots of conflicting information out there because the problem is, is that most people get sort of their information from the same place. They then put it through a filter depending upon who it is they're talking to and they give you different practical advice, which then becomes conflicting in terms of, you know, should you eat this, should you eat that? And it leaves people feeling a bit confused. They don't necessarily know where they're going wrong. You know, they think they're putting in the effort, but it's not necessarily getting results. And it's it's all very theoretical. So it's it's very much a question of it's, you know, if if you have this many grams of this, this, this often sort of per day, what does that actually translate to in terms of what I'm going to eat? What am I going to order when I go for dinner? What am I going to have for breakfast? All that kind of stuff. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm trying to distill down the, the elements of all the science and then give you some kind of practical advice in terms of what it is that you should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So the first thing is I'm just going to set out some goals. We've got two main goals. What are you trying to do if you want to lose fat? Now, we need to create a calorie deficit, as you know. And the main thing, or the first thing that we want to do is we want to make sure that we have maximum satiety. And satiety is just a uh, sort of scientific term for fullness. We want maximum satiety so that you're never overeating and you're always being able to basically listen to your hunger signals, eat less. So the food that you should eat should make you as satisfied as possible whilst maintaining a calorie deficit. And that sounds, that sounds fairly straightforward, doesn't it? The second thing is you want maximum partitioning. Now, if you eat food, it doesn't just go into a vat and then come out the other end and then it doesn't do anything. Depending upon what you eat, your food will be shuttled into different stores. So for example, it might get put into your fat cells, it might get put into your muscle cells, bone cells, organs, your brain. It gets diverted around in a not necessarily sort of even fashion. And what you eat will determine how much of the calories that you consume will be pushed into your lean tissue, which is everything that's not fat cells, and how much of what you eat will be pushed into fat cells and maintain them rather than maintaining the rest of you. The calorie deficit is more important than this and will ultimately do both of the most of the hard lifting for you. But if you're already in a calorie deficit, what you want to do is you want to eat food that's going to help you to partition as much of the sort of energy that you're consuming into your lean tissue, which makes you feel, and that includes your brain and your organs and all that kind of stuff, makes you feel energetic, helps you to recover quickly, actually makes you sort of stronger in the gym and all that kind of stuff. And as little as possible is going into your fat tissue so that your fat cells shrink and you lose fat as quickly as possible. Those are the two main things that we're, we're hoping to do. And before we get into the, the sort of the nittier, grittier bits, 
what I want to do is I just want to give you three key principles that are going to help to hopefully guide you along the way. And the first one is, is as I say to all of you all the time, is make sure you're adding in more good stuff as opposed to taking away bad stuff. So what I've tried to do wherever possible with these, this blueprint is to focus on you adding in more good things. It's not always possible, but is to focus on adding in more good things. So if we look at sort of addition versus subtraction, it's far easier for you to include another portion of vegetables with dinner than it is for you to just eliminate carbohydrates. You eat more vegetables with dinner, there's a good chance you're going to eat less carbohydrate, but it's actually much easier to do. Drinking an extra litre of water whilst at work will help you to cut down on coffee consumption and will probably be easier for you to do than just say, I'm just going to stop drinking coffee. And, you know, say for your example, you're out for a work dinner or, you know, if those even exist anymore, then, you know, ordering sort of the fish course, which tends to be the healthy one, not sure why, um, is actually a much more sensible option than saying, I'm just going to stop doing it altogether. So really concentrate on trying to make sure that we're adding good stuff in like what when we're talking about all this as opposed to just saying i'm not going to eat this and that the second one is generally speaking on the same note we actually want to increase your consumption of what we call unprocessed foods now the the research is fairly clear on this one so what we've got here is a nice little uh, study that was taken sort of uh, was taken last year and it basically is eat as much as you like for two weeks one group gets given minimally processed foods, which I will define in a minute, and one gets given ultra processed foods. So we're talking like yeah, chicken wings, pizza, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. And basically the group consuming ultra processed foods ate over 500 calories more per day as compared to the control group. And if you put that in perspective, if you eat 500 calories a day above what your requirements are, you put on 52 pounds of fat in a year. So this is a huge difference. Now it's not, terribly sort of you know groundbreaking to say that if you eat just eat pizza and chicken wings and all that kind of stuff then you're going to put on weight but i just want to make a point of of how different the um you know the calorie intake can be if you rely too much on eating processed food so it's something you want to be careful about in terms of what it is that we we mean by ultra processed foods if you look at the bottom of this um little sort of uh, whatever it's called um, you've got ultra processed foods, which basically anything that contains ingredients which you wouldn't use when cooking at home. And that basically, that, that is things like, um, I mean, they're actually, we're not as bad on it here as they are in say like America, but that is stuff like e-numbers, that is things like preservatives, um, all this kind of stuff. Basically, your brain can't cope with it. It's taken all the nutrition out of it. It's taken all the fiber out of it. And it basically means that it just goes like, fireworks going off in your brain and it makes you want to eat tons and tons and tons of it so you eat more calories all we ever want you to do is not to say i'm only going to eat unprocessed foods what i want you to do is to try and shift up the scale as much as you can so um you can see processed stuff is stuff which is um it has been it has been so processed to an extent but it's not necessarily adding things in that you wouldn't recognize in your kitchen minimally processed stuff is stuff that's just been refined like oils fats butters vinegars that kind of stuff and then unprocessed is basically meat vegetables fruit all that kind of stuff and ideally what we want to do is we just want to kind of pull you up the levels as opposed to saying let's just never eat anything that's processed in any way ever again because that's not useful the key thing is to actually reduce just the ultra processed stuff okay the third one and this is something i'm going to say before we go into the, the sort of the, the sort of the main <laughs> the main meat of it is that nothing's off limits 
and this is really important, is that if you get too judgy about food, then you start creating a whole different problem of damaging your relationship with food because when you go out to eat and you say, oh, I can't eat that because it's not my diet and blah, 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 blah. You know, if you've watched through the videos, we're looking mostly at portion control. We're looking at mostly getting it right. Most of the time, we're not looking to be perfect. So don't be judgy about food. Food is just food. Both of these things here, both contain calories, both contain nutrients, both are fine to eat. They just do it in different proportions, okay? But what we're doing today is the idea is we're trying to give you the absolute best possible advice on what it is that you should be eating so that you are always at least well informed on exactly what it is that you should be doing so that then that can then sort of, as I said, inform you and help you to make better decisions. So here's the blueprint. All I want you to be focusing on is making sure that it's high in protein, high in fiber, high in water content, low in added fat and anti-inflammatory. And I would say, roughly speaking, that this is the order in which you should be looking to um, change things as well. Not always the case. I think generally speaking, people are actually better at eating enough protein than they are at getting enough fiber and keeping their water content high. So if you know the first thing that I recommended wasn't high protein, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not important. It just might mean that you're already doing it. Um, but this is the order in which I would suggest. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna run through these one by one. I'm going to explain to you why they're important. And I'm then going to sort of give you some recommendations on how much you should be eating and all that kind of stuff. So first one is we want a diet that is high in lean protein. The reason for this is because lean protein is highly satiating, more so than most other foods. It basically keeps you fuller for longer. It helps to improve partitioning. So it helps to encourage the nutrients being driven into your lean cells as opposed to your fat cells. Helps you to recover. So if you're training, it will actually help you to keep your metabolism stoked, keep your sort of muscle tissue that you've got so you're not losing it in your calorie deficit, keeps your blood sugar stable, which is really important because generally speaking, what we get a lot of, especially if you're not very active, the foods that you eat, especially if they're sugary, especially if they're fatty, they can really, really affect your energy levels. And you can you can find that throughout the day you get energy dips where you maybe you you know have a few coffees in the morning, you have something sugary for breakfast. By the time you get to lunchtime, things are starting to wobble. By the time you get to the middle of the afternoon, your face is on the table and you're sort of wondering what's going on. Actually making sure that you keep the protein levels high will by, you know, by default help you to reduce the amount of stuff that you're eating, which is not so good. So the sugary, fatty stuff but it will also help to actually keep your blood sugar stable. It slows down digestion and it actually releases slowly so that you can, um, you can actually just keep the blood sugar going. And then lastly, the protein is nutrient dense. So it will give you vitamins, B vitamins, all that kind of stuff, iron, it's all good. And this can be animal protein, it can be plant protein, I don't really care. Um, there are different recommendations um, in terms of there's a little PDFs in the lab, in terms of sort of lists of things that you should be going for i don't really care but basically what you want to be doing is as a very very minimum and this is something that everybody can realistically achieve we want you to be having one palm size portion of protein so that's something that's about the same size as this whether that's chickpeas or a salmon steak um two meals per day so that means lunch and dinner realistically as a bare minimum we should be getting that in every single day of the week okay if you're um sort of in terms of sort of rough sort of estimates of what we're going for if you're looking to hit the minimum goals then you should be looking to get about a half a percent of your body weight down per week 
And if you're going for optimal, then you should be looking to getting about 1% of your body weight down per week. So optimal is one to two palm sized portions of protein three to four times a day. If you are a, um, if you're very active, if you're a man, if you already have a decent amount of muscle mass, then you want to be going up to the higher limits. Um, if you're less active, if you're a woman, and if you don't have so much muscle mass, then generally speaking, you want to be going down to the lower limits. So three portions, um, sort of one, or one, one palm size portion three times a day. Um, the difference between men and women is generally speaking, men hold more muscle than women as a general rule. And the muscle mass is, does actually make a difference to how much protein you require in order to keep yourself optimally topped up. Next one is fiber. And actually, this is where I tend to send people most of the time because this is the thing that I think people struggle with. So fiber is awesome when it comes to fat loss. It's, it's so, so good for you and it's so helpful. Very high volume with low calories. So if you eat a bunch of oats, as is pictured, then chances are you're going to actually have to do a lot of chewing. You're going to have to eat slowly. It's going to be satiating. It's going to fill you up physically. It's going to keep your blood sugar even. And it's going to pack you in with a bunch of um, a bunch of sort of nutrients, which is really, really important. Lots of really important vitamins, minerals and stuff that you'll get from um, whole grains and generally high fiber foods. But the other thing on top of that is, generally speaking, calories are quite low because as I went into detail, there's another video on fiber. There's eight different ways that basically eating more fiber helps you to create a calorie deficit. The other thing is it's anti-inflammatory. And that's really important. The, the anti-inflammatory aspect I'm going to go into at the end, but basically what it's going to help you to do is to help you feel good if you eat more fiber, which is very important. And the last thing, and this is my favorite thing, is the ileal break. There is a, um, and again, I talk about this in my fiber video, there is basically a little sort of um, feedback loop. If you have high fiber going through your digestive tract, then your brain shuts off your hunger signals. So the more that you can do that, the more your hunger signals are going to be dialed down, the less you're going to need to eat in order to stay satisfied, happier you're going to be, more calorie deficit, more progress, happy days. Okay, so again, minimum requirement. We need you to be getting in one cupped handful of whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, all that kind of stuff. Um, once, um, sorry, one cupped handful twice per day, as is listed on here. And the best thing to be going for really is to be going for one to two per meal. Now, that may sound like a lot, but if you're filling yourself up on this kind of food, you're not going to be that hungry. And so you're probably going to eat less over the course of a week, a month, a year than you would be if you were eating lower fiber alternatives. So this one, really, really important. Third one is water content so you can see our plate is starting to arrange itself we've got some protein we've got some high fiber carbohydrates and now what we're going to chuck in is we're going to chuck in some water content so again very very high volume low calorie you can eat as many vegetables as you want nobody ever got diabetes from eating too many carrots even though they can take contain sugar right it's really really important that you can eat as much as you want you can feel you make fill yourself up and you can make yourself feel good okay stable blood sugar that's a given in the sense that they're, they're quite low sugar. So that's a good thing. Uh, and highly, highly nutrient dense. So realistically, they're gonna make you feel more energetic if you eat a ton of vegetables, ton of greens, different vegetables, different colors, sort of sleep better, healthier, happier, all that kind of stuff. Encourages good bacteria in your stomach, 
which is a bit like fiber. It helps your body to actually process the food more efficient, more efficiently, helps to keep your sort of your energy levels in balance and it helps to keep your society under control. And again, it's anti-inflammatory, which we'll go to in a second, which basically means you're going to feel better, right? This one is a big one for everyone. And the minimum that realistically you should be going for is to go for two fist-sized portions a day. And that means that at an absolute bare minimum, we need you to be having lunch and dinner, a fist-sized portion of vegetables. There should be no meals with no vegetables. Breakfast, different thing. I'm not gonna tell you that you need to start having cabbage for breakfast, that's weird. What I do want you to be doing is making sure that with your lunch and with your dinner every day as default, without exception, at least a fist-sized portion, okay? Optimal for this one is that 50% of the total food volume by weight of your food should be vegetables. Um, I am a huge proponent of a plant-based diet and the plant-based diet is mostly eating vegetables, okay? Yes, chuck in some animal protein, yes, it's good, um, but most of what you should be eating is vegetables. So anywhere in between two fist-sized portions a day to 50% of everything that you eat is, is a good start. Generally speaking, humans need to eat somewhere between two and four pounds of food a day in order to feel satisfied. If you're a big person, it's four. If you're a small person, it's two. It's fairly obvious you know, how that works. So that would mean that if you're a big person, you need to be eating two pounds of vegetables a day, which is about, um, I don't know, probably usually works out to be sort of more like eight fist sized portions of vegetables, depending upon obviously what you're doing. That would mean that 50% of your food is, is, um, yeah, is, is high water content vegetables and fruits. Um, obviously fruits come into this as well and that will basically mean that you're filling yourself up you're making yourself feel good and you're giving your body the absolute best opportunity to burn off fat and to keep you in great shape number four low in added fat now this is the only one where i actually am telling you not to do something because it's impossible to um to sort of reduce added fat without taking something away the only thing that we have done is we've tried to reduce your need to um, actually take things away by making sure that I'll never tell you to do this until you've implemented number one, number two, number three, protein, fiber, and water content, so vegetables. The next thing I'll tell you to do will be reduce added fat if, that, if that's a problem. So the problem with added fat, and by added fat, I mean stuff at the bottom here. I mean stuff that's deep fried, um, that kind of stuff. It's low volume because fats are low volume high calorie food so it's exactly the opposite of the kind of thing that's going to help you basically got no nutritional value most of these things are um, things like sunflower oil and that kind of stuff not particularly good for you very pro 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 inflammatory which means that they make you feel crap which is why if you eat a big fry up you feel a bit like uh, all that kind of stuff and there's no partitioning there's a very good chance that you for very high fat um you know high fat foods is that you're going to overeat and then when you overeat you're going to store that food in fat stores okay so generally speaking what i want people to do is i want them to measure all fats that they add to their own food and generally speaking we want to be going between one and two teaspoons of fat per meal and what that means is is that it just means that you're not massively overdoing say for example if you're sauteing some vegetables you're not sort of like chucking it all in and chucking in you know 200 calories of of, of olive oil into your into your pan it means that you're not deep frying things and it basically means that you're not sort of undoing all the good work by just chucking a bunch of fat on it 
a little bit of carefully considered sort of fat that's added in is very good. And as a general rule, what I want you to do is to try to get as much of your fat intake from eating food as possible. So if we go to the top one, there is a little jug of oil there. Ignore that. Did my best on the pictures. You've got avocados, you've got fish, you've got cheese, you've got nuts, you've got a fatty cut of meat, all of that. If you're going to try to increase your fat, if you need to increase your fat, because sometimes I tell people that they do need to increase their fat intake, then that's the way that I want you to do it. Because the thing is, is that that's going to actually give you more satiety because you're going to have to chew your food. You're going to, it's actually going to appreciate the fat much more than you are if something is just covered in oil. Okay. The last one, and it's kind of the most and least important one at the same time, is, is anti-inflammatory. If you follow the first four, then you will by definition already do this one anyway so all of those kinds of foods most of those foods are already anti-inflammatory in and of themselves and by avoiding the deep fried highly processed stuff you're going to be avoiding the um, the highly inflammatory food the thing that people don't get about the inflammation is inflammation is basically when your body thinks it's being attacked it's basically if you cut yourself and it gets sore it's because your body gets inflamed the thing that is the sort of the scourge of our modern society in terms of us getting sick is, is inflammation. Inflammation is linked to things like uh, diabetes, it's linked to cancer, it's linked to heart disease, it's linked to things like dementia and Alzheimer's, basically pretty much everything of even, even COVID. Um, everything that you die from these days is inflammatory based. And that's kind of the first thing that is should be at the most forefront of your mind is that you're trying to keep inflammation in your body low so that you're healthy, you live long, happy life, blah, blah, blah. With regards to sort of fat loss, but having a sort of an inflamed body, your body actually holds on to fat stores more. It is much happier to let you, your energy production drop down, to let you feel crap, feel sluggish, and ultimately actually stop you from losing fat. So what we want to do is you want to make your body as healthy as possible so that it can naturally go to where it wants to go, which is, I believe, is a sort of a lean, healthy physique, all right? What you're going to get in the short term is you're going to sleep better if you have less inflammation, which means your quality of your sleep is going to be better. There's, you know, you don't need me to explain to you why if you get enough sleep then you're less likely to do stupid things. Your recovery is going to be quicker. So your training is going to go better, which means that you're going to be able to progress in your fitness, which means you're going to be able to get stronger, fitter, burn more calories and get there. There'll be better partitioning which is kind of the same as faster recovery, but it basically means that all the energy is going to go into repairing your muscles rather than getting stored in your fat stores. You're going to have more energy because all the energy is going into your muscles, all the energy is going into your brain. And actually the, the sort of the anti-inflammatory foods get processed more easily and require less effort to actually rip, to extract the energy and give it to you. And then lastly, you're going to have much better stress tolerance. You don't need me to tell you that if you've had a big weekend or you wake up on a Monday morning and you still feel a bit sort of uh, and you don't know what to do and your willpower is low and you know you've 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 you're tired because you haven't slept and how easy it is for you to become overwhelmed, overstressed, and then make a crap decision. By keeping your information low, you'll actually be able to sort of I don't know what I'm advocating here, but you'll be able to handle going out of the weekend better you'll be able to, your body will process it better. And basically the lower you keep your inflammation in your body, the more sort of wiggle room you have to actually absorb that impact. If you're constantly highly inflamed, even the slightest thing is gonna knock you off. So basically what you wanna do is focus on keeping the unprocessed foods um, out of your diet. Make sure that you're high water content, high fiber, and basically just chucking in as much sort of 
water in the form of hydration as possible and then just sort of listen to your gut so some people don't necessarily process things as well as other people for example i know that i don't particularly process dairy very well so i try not to sort of drink pints of milk that kind of thing can make a big difference to actually you know how your how your body responds and it is all in how you feel so there is kind of like a mindful element to that too overall if you get all this done um, and if you actually implement all of this, then the, you know, the benefits are fairly simple, really. You're going to have better health because your body's going to be functioning on all cylinders and you're, you know, you're going to be able to actually eat more food, as in the, the amount of food on your plate will go up. So if you're constantly thinking, I'm not eating very much, but I'm still not losing weight, I would suggest you increase your, your food volume whilst keeping your calories low. And the last thing is it's going to help you to burn fat really, really quickly. If you tick all these boxes, if you hit all of those goals, even the minimum ones, if you hit them consistently, then you're going to see progress. As long as you get your portion control right, as long as you're doing some activity, you're going to see progress. So um, it's a really, really important thing to do. And if you're ever unsure about exactly what it is that you should be eating, then just check through this again. In terms of actually how you're going to put it together, on the training lab in the portal, there are 150 recipes that give you ideas on what it is that you can do. Um, and you know, with all that together, there should be plenty of resources there for you to actually make a plan, get it done, and just eat the right stuff most of the time. So 